Hello, and welcome back to Drag Time with Hecklina. Tonight, we're excited to bring you somebody very special. Before we do that, I want to say thank you for the tips we are getting here and there to offset our costs. Thank you for reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts and checking us out on dragtimewithhecklina.com. Uh, we so appreciate all the tips. There's info about how to support the show on the website. Now, to introduce somebody very special, special to me, somebody I've worked with closely over the years. And before I worked with her, I was a big fan. Um, <laughs> I, I, I loved all of her songs. Her songs really fit well uh, with uh, drag shows, you know, Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, and But I'm a Blonde. And so I performed a lot of her songs before I even met her, and I worshipped um, Medusa, Dare to be Truthful, her parody <laughs> of Madonna, and so much more. Earth Girls Are Easy. Anyway, I could go on and on about her. Please give it up for Julie Brown. Hi, Julie. Hi, how are you? Good. Hi. How's it going? It's going really good. You know, I'm stuck in my house like everybody. Um but it's, I, I don't hate it as much as I probably should, you know, because I think it's, I can concentrate. That's what I like about it. Well, yeah, I mean, but don't you go through periods of, of not hating it and then hating it also? I mean, it's only, kind of like. Only, yeah, only hating it a little bit. But I, I think it's because my son is staying here. So I'm oh, not helps. by myself. Yeah, that's not, I'm not by myself. So mm -hmm. that helps a lot. I'm sure and, I'd be batshit crazy if I was by myself. <laughs> and you get along with your son. That's wonderful. Yeah. No, I get along with him great. I feel really lucky. He's very funny. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's really because I know not everybody does. So I'm, I feel incredibly lucky. You know, um, we started this podcast uh, like in February of this year. Mm -hmm. So we only we only really recorded two episodes before the before the the epidemic started, so this whole podcast series has been a whole thing where where I check in with everybody, like, what are you doing during your quarantine? So right. can, yeah, so catch us up on, on what you're doing. I mean, are you working on stuff? Or? I am. I'm working on. Well, I've been writing a book, a young adult book, and the quarantine really allowed me to. I'm finishing it, and now I'm going back and editing it, and I have an editor, so I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm finishing the songs for Earth Girls, the musical. Um, we we per put it up like two years ago and we were going to do a reading recently, like and then pandemic. So, you know, we're um, we're just finishing it up and then we're going to do. I, I don't know what we're going to do. We just have to wait. Right. Did yeah, you? of course. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it, it's it'll be a while before. Well, twenty. Let's let's just say twenty twenty is is shot. Twenty twenty is dead. Twenty twenty is dead. <laughs> there's no theater. I mean, you know, last night there was an earthquake here, so I'm going like, okay, pandemic, earthquake, Trump's in office. Like, what else is going to happen? Right. Well, well, the murder hornets never happened, at least, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, that you know what happen. I mean? Yeah, I know, <laughs> was, I know. It was like pretty grim. It was pretty grim. Well, oh, you so know, I was, I, let I, me tell yeah. you one more thing I did, because I was about to do a new web series of Medusa, mm -hmm. like right when this started, the pandemic, and I had to stop that, of course. So I just posted on Instagram um, a Medusa talking about the um, – sperm the demon sperm doctor so if you go to my instagram you can see that okay i missed this whole thing so madonna is i i, I did i did gather she's being raked over the coals because yes. she is 
<laughs> what, what? Now, what is it? Okay, there's this doctor. Her name is Dr. Stella Emanuel, and I'm I'm sorry I know this, but I had to know it. Um, and she came out and said that she's a doctor and she's cured a lot of people of COVID-19 with hydroxychloroquine, the exact mm-hmm. thing Trump recommended. And then the other day, Trump recommended this doctor. And she says that you can, if, if you have sex with a demon in your dream, you can have gynecological problems. But she says um, that you actually, she can actually cure people of COVID-19. And Trump recommended this lunatic. So then Madonna says she believes it and she's defending the doctor. That doctor is now her hero. And so she, you know, wanted to come out for her. Is there I mean, some kind of Malawian connection here? <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't know, but you're going, okay, how crazy is Madonna right now? Like, I mean, seriously, right? I mean, it's it's always been easy, obviously, you know this, to make fun of her because she's so out of touch now with reality, like people who are mega famous often get, like Barbara Streisand or, or something. But how much more out of touch can Madonna get? She, I mean, she's just like, you go, what on earth? And did she not think that people would come back at her for that? I mean, didn't mm-hmm. she know that? <laughs> well, right? this, it's this is kind of the same logic of um, to cure AIDS, you have to have sex with a virgin or something, you <laughs> yes, know, exactly. Which is, or or you know, in in Malawi, they you know they murder uh, um, they murder what albinos and stuff. Well, you know, I, maybe she's going back to Malawi all the time. Didn't she open some kind of orphanage there? I don't well, know. Well, she adopted kids from Malawi. Yeah, yeah, so, I know. you know, and I think she did open an orphanage. You know, which. Okay, so her heart was in the right place. But, like, this is just, like, crazy. Um, but I have to say also that I keep hope she keeps doing things like this mm-hmm. because then I get to make fun of her. You know, so you've been, joke, jokes about you, her. You've been making fun of her for, what, 30 years now? Yes, something insane like that. But she's just a very hilarious character to me because, for one thing, you – I mean, you love her. Everybody loves her. Everybody loves her music, right? So, but at the same time, you're aware that, that something's a little bit off, right? So she's funny. Yeah. She's also, I mean, um, I I have to admit, I've been a huge fan of Madonna during, you know, I I go up and down with her, Uh, but there's been times in my life where I'm like, oh my God, she's amazing. Because when she was good, she was really good as a pop star. Yes. There there was a period like the mid eighties through the early nineties where she was just perfect and then uh, but then ever since then it's been kind of like seeing your mother you know wearing (laughs) wearing lingerie and I don't know but um but you know but I don't want to be sexist like that because nobody says those things about Mick Jagger or you know what I mean so why 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 when a woman gets older and she's trying to be cutting edge why does she get all this flack but oh yeah but it is easy to, of, you know. I'm not making jokes about that part of it. I think I'm just making jokes about or just her point of view, which I find fantastic. You know, yeah. she's just fantastic. I mean, she is so, um, like, I guess, willing to do and say anything. And in some ways, you're kind of envious of that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, she's, she's got this whole fortress. She's got $600 million to, to be like, to, to comfort her and, you know, go to sleep with at night. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, do you think uh, she's going crazy during the pandemic? 
Well, I think everybody is. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm in San Francisco right now, and tomorrow I can't wait to get the hell out of here. I leave tomorrow for Iceland, and but you, you can feel it when you go around. You're like everybody is on edge. You yeah. know, they're they're yeah. we're, de- we're dealing with uh, the the revolution, the Black Lives Matter revolution. Yeah, we're, but we're at the same time we're dealing with a pandemic. We're dealing with all this stuff, so it's kind of like. The 60s had all that conflict over a decade. We're having it in like six months. Yeah, like concentrated, like insane, right? I mean, and who knows what's going to happen between now and November, right? I mean, what? I mean, I think I'm I'm tempted to not come back from Iceland, I got to tell you. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I was envious of you when you said you're going to Iceland. I mean, that's pretty great. Have you been? No, no. My son's been. My son's been. but I would love to go. Are you going to perform there? Well, I was going to. Um, I was booked for Iceland for Reykjavik Pride. But today uh, they told me that the whole the Pride's been canceled because the government is worried about an uptick in uh, a possible surge. And, and, you know, they're they're trying to quell what I'm I'm trying to say. They're trying to monitor a possible surge in cases so they're limiting people now to only 150 people or less in a in a venue oh Um, really that but that's like can you do that can you perform in like a a club maybe i mean but um i'm not i i just i unpacked all my drag and i mean really i just want to go to iceland because i'm from there i want to go relax i want to you know just chill oh out it's, it's such a but bjork is uh is doing three shows while i'm there at a at a thousand person venue so i i don't know how she's gonna do that well but. maybe because she's bjork and so she can get like a special <laughs> license <laughs> To perform I th- during COVID. I, yeah, I think because she's like the queen of Iceland, they'll probably let her get away with that. They probably will. But see, I didn't know you were from Iceland. I didn't know that. Yeah, my mother is Icelandic. So I moved to San Francisco from Reykjavik back in 1991. Wow. And I go back there occasionally. And it's so funny how my attitude towards it have, has gone 180 degrees because I was because when I was young and you know, I was like, get me the hell out of here. It's so boring. And now... I'm, I'm like, get me over there. It's so relaxed. You <laughs> know so what I mean? <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? It's it funny. Is. Like you actually like things like that. You know, yeah. you don't go, I'm, you don't feel, I mean, I don't feel bored very much ever. Do you? Well, it, it seems like, it seems like you're like me. I mean, you always find things to, uh, to work on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still, even in the pandemic, I never turn the television on during the day because I feel like I'm wasting my life if I do that. I think but, that's great. I, yeah. I do it too much, but that's because I have this thing like I'm watching history as it's happening because it's so insane and you, and any minute anything could happen. But I don't think it's a good thing. I don't. I think it's better to not be inundated with it because it's depressing too, you know. But aren't you also watching TV to be inspired to write stuff about yeah. crazy yeah. shit? Oh yeah, no, I I do it for all those reasons. Like you know, you, you get very you do get very inspired by things you see, and when something really bothers you, I mean, for me, my reaction a lot of times is I want to make fun of it or write something about it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being bummed out about it, you know, like I'm going to also do some more Melania stuff this week. Because, oh, wow. Yeah. She's super crazy. Right. Of course. Um, well, I mean, that's that's what comedians do is you take things that are super tragic and you make fun of them. That's what Joan right. Rivers 
did that I loved. And, you know, I loved her for that. There was a, nothing was sacred. And um, because it is cathartic to laugh at something that is traumatic in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're the one doing it, it, it allows you to get, you, you expend some of your energy by making the point about how insane this is. Like then you, you actually feel like you, I don't know, it's like jogging or something. Feel like yeah. you did something, you know? Do you so, know, did you know Joan Rivers? Well, no, but I met her a couple times, but no, I didn't know her. Did you oh, know her? No, I met her once and uh-huh. she, I met her. I was, I was, when I was on MTV and I went to do John Stewart's show, he had a show on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was on there promoting my MTV show and she was on there and she just was like, not nice to me at all. And I think she was looking at me like, oh, here's some young comedian. But I also didn't get mad about that because I think she's such a goddess that I'm Mm -hmm. like, she doesn't have to like me. She's amazing. You know, I'm not going to like think less of her if she's not, you know, going to be super nice. I think she's so cool. I think that she was, uh, I think that she was threatened and a little bit pissed off at a lot of the younger yeah. comedians, but especially like Kathy Griffin, you know, there, there's a big thing in her movie about, oh my God, I used to have all this work and then Kathy, Kathy Griffin took it all away from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you, did you see her book? Uh, I mean, her, her movie, a piece of work, Joan Rivers. Yes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That was, I couldn't believe that she let herself be photographed in the beginning without her makeup. I mean, oh, I know. I thought that was incredible because I thought I would never do that. I don't think like just let yourself be seen with, you know, that kind of lighting and no makeup. But I do think Joan Rivers was incredible. I thought, well, she, I think she's amazing. Well, she was fearless. I mean, yeah. she would, she would make fun of everything like blind people and, you know, yeah. the, and the Holocaust and stuff I know. Uh, because, because she could, you know, like, what couldn't this woman, you know, there's certain things that I would never dare touch. But Oh, um, me either. Oh, I'm yeah. too scared to touch a lot of things. I'd be like, yeah. oh, I'm scared of hurting people's feelings. I do get scared of that. I, mm-hmm. You know, that worries me. But she didn't care about that at all. <laughs> but, right? She right. just didn't. But, but then you find out she was actually a really great person. Well, you know, whatever. I, I don't. I don't, I didn't know her. I'm just going off what I saw in that movie. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're working on, um, earth girls are easy, the musical. Yes. And last time I tried to work with you, we were trying to work on homecoming queen, the musical. Oh my God. To yeah. bring it to San Francisco. That was a big debacle. I know. Uh, I, I'm still really sorry about that. I got, remember I got insanely sick. Yes. But I, I think was super, but, but, super yeah. sick. But weren't, I think you were, but weren't, uh, weren't the LA some of the LA people were giving you a hard time and they yes. wanted all this stuff. Yes. That, it was that, <laughs> it was that in com- maybe that's why I got sick, but I got really sick. I was sick for a whole month where you're, where you go, what is wrong with me? So maybe it was just the stress of it. I don't know, but it was, it was like, I was just taken out for that time. Maybe know? it was COVID. Maybe, 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 maybe it, was it was early COVID. Maybe. I know. I know. Um, but maybe sometime I can do it. I think if I do it again, it would have to be with local actors because I don't think, I mean, traveling with people, you have to, it's really hard. It's like so hard, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did, I did admire the fact that you wanted to bring your actors from LA, but it was just a big headache. It was foolish, and, and you were it, right. Yeah, super expensive. Yeah. Blah blah blah. 
It's too but, hard because if you're bringing them out of where they live, you have to make sure they have all these things they need to feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's just like, and I get really worried. Like I get really, cause they were upset. Then I get really upset that they're going to be uncomfortable. And it's just my codependency just goes wild. You know oh, what I mean? Are you bad with codependence? Yes, I am. I am. Oh. When people are unhappy, that's why I'm like, I can't make fun of people that, you know, seem vulnerable. I, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. your humor is not that kind of mean humor. No. Um, but, but I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, sure. I think I think maybe it wasn't, let's see, it was before the roast that I had you at. It was back, it was like three years ago, I had you at Oasis, and you were performing Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe a week after... Uh, that guy had gone crazy in Las Vegas and shot everybody at that country concert. Oh, yeah. And and I was thinking to myself, it must be more difficult for you to perform that song now because it was a novelty back in the yeah. 80s. Oh, my God. A, it, it was but now made it's, a, now it's yeah, all it was, the time. It was made up then. Yeah. Um, no, you know, the thing is, it it I, I went through a lot of things about that. Like, can I do this? And, you know, is this right? Is this wrong? But the thing I found, figured out was that People that anybody that would come to see me would want me to sing it usually because they know it and they wouldn't take it as like in any way, like I mean it. Also, it's, it's really from the eighties when that was, you know, it was a more innocent time. Right. I mean, school, school shootings didn't happen. Well, yeah, I remember it was shocking if something like that did happen. Oh, my God. When it first started to happen, it was after I put that song out. So then I was like, oh, my God, this is, wow, this is weird. But I I kind of just said, you know, if anyone's going to be really offended, it's clearly not encouraging anybody to do it. And if anybody's offended, then that's weird. Then they don't really know what I do anyway, right? Right. So I just thought, I stopped thinking about it yeah yeah <laughs> just like i can't right <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> i can't care about your feelings no i am codependent but but i thought you know I, it's just too weird to worry about everything you're doing you yeah. know the historical impl- implications of everything right yeah i mean it's it's a minefield now as a comedian uh, because everybody can find something to be offended by, uh, yeah. no, no, really, no matter what you do. Um, I know, I know. That's so true. Like it got a lot worse. It didn't used to be like that, right? Um, well, yeah. It uh, well, okay. There didn't used to be cell phones, mm-hmm. and um, you know, which is good and bad. But now something can be totally taken out of context and conflated online, and. Uh, you know, well, whatever, but we all know that it's getting more and more difficult to perform in front of live audiences, but we also know that it's going to be a while before we're able to perform right, in exactly. front of live audiences. I know, I know, but, but it is a really weird thing. Like when Kathy Griffin did that picture of Trump with his head cut off, mm-hmm. you know, when that first came out, I was like, oh, she shouldn't have done that. That's not good. But I didn't think she was, I got what she was doing. It was a satire. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, a joke. And I just knew that she was going to get a lot of flack for that. And of course she did. But I mean, comedians mostly should be able to make fun of things, right? Yes. Um, 
I, I just couldn't believe. I mean, she really got the shaft. I know she by, really by did. a lot of people. Um, right. And yeah. I, I think she, I think her I think her her only crime is that she's not that funny. That's her only <laughs> crime. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. I I went to go see her show, and uh-huh. uh, and she never gets to the point. She just keeps talking, and and she never actually gets to the point. And there's no punchline, and it's just a constant talky thing. And I, I actually left her. Sh- I walked out. I was like, Oh wow, that's too is- bad. Yeah, right. Because if she had someone else structure with for her with her, that it would end up being about something, making some kind of point. And I have a memory, I, I, I kind of have a memory of her like you do with Joan Rivers. I met her in Australia and she was super bitchy to me. And I was like, mm, I don't think I like this woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we stopped being friends after Medusa. So I don't. Oh, really? Yeah, because she was kind of like, she was my good friend before that, right? And she hadn't done anything. So I'm doing this show and I cast her because I thought she was funny. Mm-hmm. And I cast her as one of the dancers, even though she's not a dancer, because I thought I'm going to use real dancers. I got to have one of them be funny. Right. Mm-hmm. So I cast her and then she was way more difficult than anyone else. Oh, And and I'm like, she's my friend. Why is she doing this to me? Because like the costumer would come to me and go, Kathy Griffin doesn't want to wear this. I'm like, what the hell? Like she's. I felt like she was supposed to be supporting me making this special. Right. And, you know, she's not a dancer or she hadn't even done much acting then. And I was like, gave her this part. So I just, I was mad. And I don't really have anything against her right now. I absolutely don't. But uh, I, I just, need to go back and watch Medusa. I don't remember her in it. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> no, she's one, of the, <laughs> she's, she's one of the dancers. And, okay. um, She's like, you know, she, I think she's funny and things, but I don't know, you know. I thought I Bobcat Goldthwait was a lot funnier. Yeah, he's really funny. Oh, my mm. God. And he's like, have you ever met him? I, You know what? I met him at that show, the reading of Shakes the Clown that you did oh, with him and, right. uh, and Florence Henderson. Yes. You, he, that was you, really fun. Do you remember I was I was like outside and I was like desperate to meet Florence Henderson? Yes, I totally, totally do. Yes. And <laughs> um and Bobcat is like the nicest person ever. He's super <laughs> sweet. And Florence Henderson is super sweet. So I mean I, I kind of don't know why you have to not be nice to people. You know what I mean? I don't get that. I don't get it either. It's uh, weird. I, yeah, I, I. Well, sometimes it's not uh, a good idea to meet your idols because I've because it's ruined a lot of people for me. Where I'm like, ew, I don't, I don't. That yeah. person's rotten. Who else have you met that you thought was terrible? Oh God. <laughs> well, I will say that Sandra Bernhard. The first time I met her was really horrible. Oh no, really? Yeah, but then we, um, but then we kind of got along after that. But it was so unnecessary, you know. Yeah. Like, like the very first time that you meet somebody and for no reason, I was like, because I booked her to do this thing. And then um, she was, it was just icy cold. And then in the limousine on the way from the airport to her hotel, I kind of reminded her how we had met and, it, uh-huh. and, and then it clicked with her and she was like, Oh, right. And then her attitude changed. Oh, but oh. then, I, but then I heard that she was mean to like people who were like working her, her get her uh, dressing room and like mm-hmm. people that were just, 
just there to help her, you know? Yeah. So. I don't, I don't understand that. I'm not mean to anybody because I feel like everybody in that situation wants to be acknowledged and they're all trying really hard. And you know, why would you be mean to them? Why? Who have you met? Who's been a real um, jerk? I bet a lot of people. Kate but. Jackson was bad. Really? Yeah, she was bad. I was on the sh- that Scarecrow. What was it? Scarecrow, Mrs. King. You remember that show? No. It was a really stupid show. What was um, it? I think it was like a doctor show or something. I don't remember in the eighties. <laughs> and she was. I don't even remember. She was the star of it, and she was just like, Ugh, she wouldn't talk to me, and she was. Um, she was just mean, you know, oh. and you're like, wow. I mean, it's not like I was a giant fan of Kate Jackson, but right. I, I just was so surprised she would not be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are fairly cool. Um, do, you know, do you know who's really cool is Lily Tomlin? Oh, yes. She's the one I know who gave me my SAG card. So she, it's I, I think you guys are good friends, right? She, yes, she, she helped you get your big break? Yeah, she totally did. And she's like the nicest person She's she's even nicer than you imagine she'll be. You're like you're right. like uh, you think she's going to be a star and be a little distant, but she's very very sweet. And she she came to see me when I was in San Francisco when I was you know first working, and she said, "Well, if you ever come to LA, write to me." So I wrote her a letter, and then she put me in Incredible Shrinking Woman, and I got my SAG card. Oh wow! And I know because you like she didn't have to do that. Like why? She, just because she's super nice. Yeah. So um, Patricia Heaton is actually super nice too. Wait, like, who is that again? You remember she she was on Everybody Loves Raymond as the wife, and she's in um, um, the middle. She's the mom. You would know oh, her if she saw okay. her. Okay. All right. She's super I, nice. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. Because hmm. some people are like they're just sometimes they're just kind of pleasant, but mm-hmm. then other people they actually extend themselves and try to be friendly to you, you know? But let's say that everybody eventually sometimes has a bad day. Yeah, of course. And like, I think you have to, maybe Kate Jackson was having a bad day. (laughs) 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 But you kind of have to take that into account. (laughs) Oh, you know who was really, was mean to me when I met her was Jaja Jaja Gabor. Oh no. Oh yeah. It was on, it was backstage at the, um, at Letterman and she was just staring at me and like she was wearing like a cleavagey top and so was I and she was just staring daggers at me and uh-huh. so I thought okay this is like when you meet you know someone like that they are who maybe are they're threatened by you or something so I went up to her and I said it's so great to meet you you are so beautiful I'm just such a fan and then she just turned and smiled at me she goes you and I are the only ones here with cleavage and I'm like, oh. and then she was nice to me after that. She was like, totally nice to me. So I don't know. It's just, well, it's a funny thing. It is. I, I shop sometimes at Mary Ann's in Palm Springs. Uh-huh. It's this, it's this jewelry shop and it's run by this old German woman named Mary Ann. And she of course knows everybody who's lived in Palm Springs and she knew the Gabor sisters. Uh-huh. And and she said, Oh, Ava, I love her. And she goes, Shasha, she was a bitch. <laughs> like she didn't say that to me. <laughs> funny. I guess yeah. she was. I guess Jaja was. Oh, but well, if you yeah. if you complimented her, she was like she melted. Hmm. So. Yeah. 
Uh, well, so are, are yeah. you going to, are you going to miss, so I've done lots of weird gigs with you. I think I can, I think oh, I can say yeah, that. Yeah. Um, are, do you miss perform? I mean, at the moment, do you miss performing live in front of audiences? Um, I do, but, mm-hmm. but it's like, I, I just, it's weird. My brain just goes, it can't happen right now, but yes, mm-hmm. I do. And I just mm-hmm. figure, you know, this is like an imposed vacation. So I'm trying to accept it like that and create new material and you know, instead of just being bummed about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I That's know. what I'm trying to do. Because do you miss performing? You know, it's so funny because I was, um, I, I've talked about it. You know, I, I've hosted so many drag shows that I couldn't think of doing another one without uh-huh. going crazy. And now I, I want, I really want to do it. You know? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You know what? You're right. Like, this break is helping me like want to do it again. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm, kind of miss an audience. It's sure fun. It's not like this at my house, you know. Do you it's, workshop with your son? Do you like? Do you no. try out try out comedy with him? And no, not really. He's mm-hmm. like, it's so funny. He never was interested in show business ever, ever, ever. Even when he was a little baby, mm-hmm. I would sing to him, and he'd go, No, 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 no. Oh. Like he wouldn't let me. And whenever I are you sure? It, are you sure that's the reason why he didn't want you to sing to him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, I've I've heard you sing. You're not that bad. Yeah, okay, I know. go ahead. No, okay. I, I remember singing. He was in one of those rocking things, and I was singing the homecoming queen's get a gun. And he's going no, 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 and I go, people like this song, <laughs> but he's like. He doesn't, he doesn't really have that much of an interest. And I always, I always felt like, you know, how certain celebrities bring their, drag their kids into stuff. And I just always thought that was, that was weird. I don't, I want him to do what, I don't want him to be part of this if he's not interested. Right. How old is he? He's 26. Okay. All right. So he's made up his mind. No show business. No, no. He works at the governor's office in Sacramento. And oh. they actually, because of COVID, they they have everybody working from home. So in an apartment in Sacramento, I said, why don't you come down here since, you know, you're going to be by yourself and so am I. And um, so he came down here. So, no, he's made up his mind. He's very, very into environmental policy. Oh. Isn't that crazy? So he's totally gone the opposite direction. The opposite direction. I mean, I don't know how that happened, honestly. Right? Uh, Well, I mean, I guess it is kind of, I've gone the opposite direction for my mother, and and my mother's a strung out pill addict. Oh. And and I don't do that. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do pills at all. No. That's good. Um, no, uh, you know, it, your story reminded me of uh, working with Vicki Lawrence, and she had her son was her, like, stage manager. Oh, no. And she was just a nightmare to him. And a nightmare, it, it reminded me of, of our conversation from a few minutes ago, like, who was a bitch? Oh, was um, she? Was she a bitch? Just very cold, you know. Oh. And, um, and And you could tell her son just wanted to go off in the corner and smoke pot, you know. But, but yeah. She was, but she was like, uh, you know, she kept haranguing him. Oh, see, that's so – stories like that are so – they're so sad, you know. Because I just felt like my son should be exactly who he wants to be. He doesn't have to live out some thing for me. You right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's weird. You know who Will Wheaton is, the actor? No. 
He was on Star Trek, and he was one of the kids in Stand By Me. Okay. Um, well, he's like my second cousin, mm-hmm. and um, his his mother is my is my cousin, and she was his manager, and so he had this big, you know, he was on Star Trek and everything, and he was on that HBO thing recently, Showbiz Kids, and he talked about how horrible it was that his parents made him work and how how they were. They just made him work and how much he hated it. Oh, and God, that's awful. I, I know, and I didn't know that when he was a kid. I mean, I'm not close to them, but I was like, oh, my God, that's so awful, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't think kids in general want to be on a set, you know? Right, right. I mean, no, it's true. It's, now, it's, what, it's, it's tedious. It's it's boring. It's tedious. And, you know, the, the other thing is that there's so many effed up people on a set. and. Why would you want your kid around them? You know what I mean? I mean? Look at poor Corey Haim and all that yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. These complete weirdos. I mean, I started working when I was pretty young and the amount of weirdos I had to encounter, encounter but I was an adult, but I was still really young. It's just, it's horrifying. So why it's, would you want a kid to be around that? It, it sounds like you're pretty level-headed. I would imagine you have, that you have a pretty good, and this is very important to have, I would imagine you have a very good freak filter. Yes, I do now. Oh my God. I think so. I don't know that I had one when I was younger, but I really do now. I've really developed one where I can, with, within like five minutes, I can be like, mm, keep this keep this one at arm's length. Yes, me too. Because you, you just can see the signs or things they say. They, they say one thing that you're going, okay, that's not good, right? <laughs> exactly. <They're> like, <laughs> they reveal themselves to be complete freaks really quick. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many freaks that I deal with over the years. Where oh, I'm just like, my God. Yeah, because you're working in clubs and there's like so many people there too, right? It's the land of the misfit toys, really. A lot of people I'm, with serious issues. Serious issues. And they, they're working it out there. And that's just like on a set, you know, a TV set. They're just working stuff out. This is Darcy Drollinger from SF Oasis, and I'm inviting each and every one of you to the West Wind Solano Drive-In in Concord, California on September 17th for the world premiere of my very first feature film, Shit and Champagne. This is opening night of the Frameline Film Festival, and you can get tickets at frameline.org. See you at the movies. I want to switch gears a little bit and ask okay. you, how, how annoying is this that you've, you're, you're mistaken constantly for that other Julie Brown? It's because, su- yeah, yeah. Well, because, because it happened when I had you for the roast and Jackie Beat was talking about downtown Julie Brown and how she wasn't funny because that's who she thought was going to be at the roast with us and not you. <laughs> and then, and then it came out, then it came out in print that Julie Brown wasn't funny and, and she was horrified. She was like, Oh my God, I, I meant the other one. I forgot that. Yes. Yes. That happened. I, I mean, that didn't, that didn't bother me because I know Jackie beat really well. And I just uh-huh. thought that was funny, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it does bother me that people confuse me at all with her because she's been kind of like around since I've been performing, especially like MTV and we're nothing alike, nothing alike. And you're going, it's just this freaking name thing 
right? Like right. Why, why it's like being confused with just the weirdest person you can think of or the <laughs> most opposite person. And you're going, what? even my father one time said, you're downtown Julie Brown, right? I go, no. <laughs> I know. So I guess it's an easy mistake to make, but it really pisses me off, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, no, I wasn't mad at Jackie Beat at all. I love Jackie Beat so much. Well, she was mortified. I know, I know, but you know, it's just like that's okay. All right. Uh, well, so you've got a big resume. Earth Girls are easy and clueless, and all this stuff. Tell us about some of your favorite memories. I know that you're probably sick of being asked this question, but tell us about some of your favorite projects you've worked on in the past. And okay, um, do you reminisce? Yes, um, I. I loved doing Medusa. That was super fun, but it was also really, really stressful because the, um, the, the guy who was producing it didn't get the right kind of insurance, this thing called errors and omissions insurance. And right in the middle of shooting it, we had to shut down. So I filmed all these fantastic, I thought musical numbers and then Showtime said, Oh, you have to shut it all down and we have to see if we can get insurance. And I'm, I was so so bummed out, but we got the insurance so I could finish it. And there was something super fun about that because, well, probably because I was executive producer and I was starring in it and I was essentially directing it. And I got to be, it got to be exactly what I wanted it to be. And, you know, that doesn't happen that much. So that was really fun. And even getting to do those dance numbers, I remember on being on stage going, I feel like Madonna right now. Like I really felt what it felt like to be her. Well, vague, um, vague was so funny. I mean, thank you. That was like so fun. Like doing that was so fun. And when uh, we were rehearsing for it, I met Michael Jackson, which was really a trip. Whoa. Um, I know because the guy who was the choreographer and his assistant, um, his assistant was the one who, who'd done all Madonna. They had done all Madonna's actual, they had done her tour. So mm-hmm. we were copying real moves that she had done. And that that choreographer had worked with Michael Jackson. So we were in the studio in Hollywood. And he says to me, he goes, you want to meet Michael Jackson? And I go, yeah. So he brings Michael Jackson in. And Michael Jackson's really shy and super quiet. And I go over to him. He goes, you're that girl from MTV, right? I'm like, yeah, hi. And he was really sweet. But... So strange looking. I mean, so strange looking. What like, year was this? Uh, it would have been like somewhere in the 90. Like 90. Yeah, like 90. Mm-hmm. And his, his nose didn't look like it was really attached. And I mean, he just was so strange looking. But his energy, you know, he was very sweet. Just super, super self-conscious, right? right. So, and then Madonna... She sent, she gave the choreographer a half drunk bottle of warm champagne when she heard we were doing this Mm. to give to me. And I was like, okay, that's super weird. And there was a little note that said, Julie, good luck with your special. Like, like it was almost sarcastic, you know? Um, So it was, it was just a really fun project. I know it's because I, I got to do exactly what I wanted to do. A so half that, empty bottle of champagne. Yeah, isn't that weird? Was it was it at least corked? Uh I think so, yes. Yeah, it was corked, but you're going like that gesture is is hostile kind of, isn't it? 
kind oh, of. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I have that note somewhere here. I just, I mm-hmm. want to find it. I should have been more careful with it. Oh, um, wow. So that was a super fun project. Um, let's see, what other project do you want to talk about? Um, well, people always uh, mention you and Clueless. Oh, Clueless. Yeah, Clueless was, uh, that was really fun too. Um, I, I was playing the lesbian gym teacher. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was really weird, they didn't let me wear any makeup. Like when I went into the makeup trailer, the, all the girls, you know, the girls were all so beautiful. And even the girls playing the uh, extras, everybody was so beautiful. And I show up and they go, no makeup for you. And so <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? Wow. Or, or they made me just wear base. I couldn't wear anything else. So I was, that was pretty frustrating. And I had a baggy sweatshirt and sweatpants. So it's really weird. It's like people are making you look as ugly as possible in a sea of beautiful girls. Right. And, um, the girls were, well, Alicia Silverstone is one of the strangest people I've ever acted with because you feel like she's not doing anything. Usually if you're acting in a scene with somebody, you can see what they're doing. You know what I mean? You can see them that they're acting the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could see nothing. It was like, it was like, she was super blank and, and I was like, I thought, oh my God, this is going to be so terrible on film. Like <laughs> she's, she's doing nothing. And um, I just didn't know that, that that worked for the character. You know what I mean? Until mm-hmm. I saw the film. Right. Then I, then I thought she was great. But I don't think that it was incredibly deliberate what she was doing. You know what I mean? She I was think, Maybe she was playing herself. I think she absolutely was. Like that scene where she goes... The Hadians. I'm going to do a report on the Hadians. She really said that. That wasn't in the script. So, oh, she really believed that. That's how you pronounced it. Yes, exactly. And she was a very sweet girl. I mean, mm-hmm. incredibly sweet. And she had her dog. And she's kind of like a you know kind of hippie-ish. Um, but that was that was really interesting. And then I also worked on the TV show of it. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't on the TV show, um, but. Um, Stacy, what's her name? Oh, Stacey. the the Trumper. Stacy yeah, Trumper. Stacy yeah. Dash was on the TV show, and so was Elise Donovan, the red haired girl. Mm-hmm. And Stacy, they were they were so young at the time. I just thought they're acting like this because they're so young. Because they'd come to the readings and they would kind of act like they didn't give a shit. And I was one of the writers, and it was frustrating because they they didn't deliver the jokes at the readings, so it, you kind of felt pissed off at them. You know, you want to I mean? hear, yeah, you you want to hear the joke to know if it right. works. They're kind of just like, okay, this is what they're just reading through it. And Stacy Dash was never nice. Um, Elise was okay. Um, uh-huh. I've since seen Elise, and she was very cool. But Stacey Dash, I mean, my friend worked with her, and mm. she's a crazy Trumper. Yeah, you know? it's, it's really weird. Yes, and she's written, like, anti-black things, and you go, who would do that? Well, right? she's black. Yes, she's black, yes. Uh, how like, can you, I mean, it's like. Uh, yeah. She's like, we don't need a history month. And you're going, yeah, you kind of do, like. You can't say that. So she's she's was very weird, but you know, any, yeah. Uh, any any interaction at all with the tragic Brittany Murphy? Oh yeah, I mean she was there. I did interact with her. She was very bubbly and uh-huh. normal, and very normal. You know, yeah. like 
nothing like odd or weird. She's a really sweet, bubbly girl. I think it was a little, she was a little bit younger than everybody else. And you could see how cute and funny she was. Um, so I could see what she was deliberately doing as an actor. Right. I, I mean, that whole thing was so sad. I don't, that's what, so what, hap- what happened? Something, I, I, I think it's still suspicious what happened. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there was something taught, there was something about drugs and she was married to this guy and he died six months after her. Mm-hmm. So the mother said, Oh, it was, um, it was mold in the shower. And that's pretty hard to believe. Right. That is, yeah. That's weird. That probably isn't what happened. So it's, it's and. And supposedly she was under his spell. It's one of those things. I think it's a complete mystery that someday it'll come out, but I don't know, Mm -hmm. but very sad, super sad because she was so good. Did you see her in eight mile? I saw her in eight mile and I saw her in girl interrupted and she was very talented. She's really, she was really talented. So that was the amazing thing that Amy Heckerling, the director of Clueless did was, I mean, picking out people that were that young and were so good. Mm-hmm. That was pretty skillful. She pay, she discovered, I think, Sean um, Penn. Oh, really? For um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yeah. She oh, very, yeah. Wow. She directed that too. She she's wonderful. I really like her. She's a very interesting, um, cool person. Mm. Um, I, I liked her a lot. Well, I don't know how you've done it. How you managed to say to stay so down to earth and so sane amidst all this craziness well thank you i think it's a lot of therapy <laughs> oh, yeah yeah boatloads of therapy oh yeah um, um could i ask you one one more sure, thing sure. okay so i've been a little bit down on san francisco and i know mark has too we're kind of it's just weird right now during the pandemic. And, you know, we both love San Francisco, but times are kind of weird. So, but you've said in interviews before about your comedy not being that well understood in Los Angeles. And you come to San Francisco and people get you. Can yeah. you talk Can you talk a little bit about San Francisco memories, venues, well, audiences? I was, yeah, yeah, I was uh, my first, I went up there to be uh, an acting student at ACT. So I was in the school there. And then before I graduated, my writing partner and I wrote this show, you know, that was really outrageous and funny. And we started performing in clubs. And it's particularly one club that was called Chez Jacques at the time. And it was a gay cabaret. And I was so blown away that like any kind of joke you wanted to make, the audience would get it. And I figured out just that eventually after performing around San Francisco, that gay audiences were so smart and so hip and so aware of pop culture and love things, love you to make fun of things. So I felt like they get me and I get them and they understand what I'm making fun of. And I never felt any kind of a judgment that was negative. Mm -hmm. I just felt, I felt all this positive energy all the time, which I... I eventually just figured that's the way it is up here. And then I came to LA and it was like jokes would go over people's heads and you couldn't, it was just awful. It was so much harder to be funny, you know, unless you did really obvious, obvious stuff. Right. So I always have felt like San Francisco is this incredible, magical place. And it's when I first, now it wasn't one of my first amount of gay friends, but it was when I had like, I got so many gay friends and I loved mm-hmm. them so much. And, you know, they were, 
just incredibly inclusive and open. So I have such a warm spot for San Francisco. I just do, you know, so I don't know. I think you should come back to San Francisco eventually. Uh, yeah, I think I will. It's just, uh, well, whatever. It's just kind of, I cannot wait to get out of it right now. It's just yeah. real, re- real spooky, real spooky. What's, um, what's spooky about it? Well, it's just, everybody's on edge. The whole place, oh. the, whole, the whole city's boarded up. Um, oh. everybody's, there's homeless tents everywhere. It just, uh, I mean, don't you agree, Mark? What do you think, Mark? What is it? Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, you know, always been a city of have and have nots, but right now, you know, it's really clear who can be comfortable, who can be safe and who's on the margins. And there's so many more people on the margins with people being out of work and things being closed. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then there's law enforcement are taking care of business. So it's just, it's kind of edgy and weird and and times are desperate, but I think it's that way everywhere to a degree. And in San Francisco, like it's just really in your face. So we, we love the city and we love, you know, having the clubs and we love the people there, but Mm -hmm. right now it's time to stay inside and it's kind of hard to be cooped up. There's yeah. nothing. There, there's nothing for me here right now. My my nightclub is is closed. All my gigs are canceled. So I'm yeah. just holed up in my apartment. I can I can't wait to get back down to my house in Palm Springs. But um, anyway, yeah. I, I do love it. I have love for it. But um, no, I understand it. It wasn't like that, of course, when I was up there. So sure. oh yeah, but yeah, it's nice so. to have a heartwarming a heartwarming memory from the olden days. Yeah, I do. Oh. I have so many incredible memories of that place. So. I hope it becomes that again. I hope they solve some of these problems. Me too. Me too. You know? uh, well, we're almost at the end of the podcast, but I have okay. to ask. I have to ask the most important question of all. What, Julie Brown? What? Oh, what is your favorite memory with Heclina? Oh my God! Um, it was. It, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was when it was at. I think it was the show I did with you and Cookie Dough. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Which one? Um, the one where I forgot the lyrics to Homecoming Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I have never in my whole career done that, and I don't know why that happened. But you were – I was, like, so embarrassed, but then I, I finished it, and you were so sweet to me and made me feel like it was no big deal. And so did Cookie Dough, and I was like, "These are the nicest people in the world." So oh, that's Cookie probably Dough. it. Yeah. yeah, right. So Cookie Dough, I would Cookie say Dough that. was so thrilled. Yeah, Cookie Dough was a huge fan of yours too. I know, but you were um, so nice about it. You were like so great because you know when you can criticize yourself for performing if you screw up, and you were like, "Nah, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Everybody's happy." It's like you were great. I mean, at, at some point, you're kind of like, "Who gives a shit?" I mean, yeah, like you know what I mean. Uh, like, at some point, like the, my my stage fright and all that stuff, and the, the my my sense of caring if I fuck up. Sure, I want to be professional, but I don't beat myself up for stuff. Yeah, but, well, um, I guess I I did because I kind of have a perfectionist thing, mm-hmm. but that's why it was so great that you did that. Well, I'm I'm a very very nice person. You're, You're very right. very nice person. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you are. You are. You're, uh, you're too much, you, but you're actually really sweet. Actually, really sweet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, thank you. Thank exactly. you. Well, thank you, Julie Brown. This was oh, a lot of fun. Thank you. That was really fun, and I hope you have an amazing time in Iceland. Thank you. Uh, let's now let's take a moment to tell your fans what's the best way for people to follow you. You talked about your Instagram. What is it? Okay, it's Miss Julie Brown on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then my website is juliebrown.com and then the Julie Brown fan page on Facebook. Okay. That's, All right. That should do it. <laughs> you heard it there, everybody. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Hecklina. Check out our website and create some comments on past episodes you like. You like and uh, thanks again. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks again to Julie Brown and Mark. Yay. 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 Thank you, Julie Yay. Brown. Yay. Thank you. This was fun. It was yes. super fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.